How's everybody doing? On tonight's episode of uh, Tough Talk, we'll be talking about the NBA draft and our predictions for this upcoming NBA draft. How you doing tonight, yeah. Christian? Ah, good, Derek. How you doing yourself? I'm glad I got over the technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem at all. So, we had our first mock draft about two weeks ago, and um, there's been a lot of changes so far in the NBA. For sure, especially just last night, uh, one of the trades that a lot of NBA fans were looking forward to, where Anthony Davis was going to go to, and where'd he go? Of course, he went to the Los Angeles Lakers. So now the Los Angeles Lakers do not hold the fourth overall pick. They do hold uh, no picks in this draft, and the Orleans Pelicans have two in the top five. So we'll get into that, and we'll talk a lot more about who we think is going to go in that fourth spot. But first, Derek, I just want to talk to you real quick. What do you think about that Anthony Davis trade? They gave up a lot to get Anthony Davis over to the Lakers. This is something I wanted to talk about tonight, and I really, it's a question I want to, I want to ask you, and then I'm going to answer it myself. Okay? You All have right. a, you have a superstar. He's mm-hmm. got, you know, he's got a good about five years left in his in the league, and you know he's going to be strong. Do you take and do you take a young team that was on the cusp of the playoffs two years ago, and just destroy that mm-hmm. team? Around to make another team around the superstar. Well, it happened. You know, it's 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 really difficult to say as Lakers fans. You know, because of the past experience they had giving rid of their future assets for players. If you look back at the Nash and and Howard uh, debacle uh, a while back, I think it was 2012. Um, but when you look at Anthony Davis, um, he obviously at some point was going to go to the Lakers. Um, at least that's what we think. It could have been a year from now, but they want to win now. Uh, LeBron James is entering his his age 35 season. He's going to be 35 years old, uh, so we don't know how much time is left for LeBron. Um, adding Anthony Davis, um, I think it's it works for both teams. Uh, but if I had to say a winner, I would say New Orleans wins this. And you look have to look at um, the Boston and Brooklyn trade a couple of years ago, how Boston had the swap rights for a couple of Brooklyn's picks, and that just helped Boston just keep winning and winning. And Pelican Brooklyn did not did the same so thing. Well. Exactly. So if I had to give anybody a victory, I'd give it to the Pelicans. But hey, if Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and the Los Angeles Lakers win one championship in the next, I guess you could say, three years when LeBron and Davis are still together, if, if Davis decides to re-sign in this free agency. So there's a big risk in Los Angeles. But if they get one championship here you'd have to change your ways, and I think it would be worth it for this trade. One championship can change the whole uh, ways of thinking about this trade, especially because the Lakers weren't even a playoff team, not even a top-eight team. They finished 10th in the West last year. They finished 10th in the West after adding LeBron James, and I believe they were 9th in the West the year before that. They were right on the cusp of Mm -hmm. the playoffs before ever adding LeBron James. I believe LeBron and I... I do believe he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest player in the game right now. He's easily top five. There's no debate about that. There's nobody out there who can argue that. If you do, you're just a LeBron hater. Um, The thing about the deal for me, though, is I didn't think LeBron should have went to L.A. to begin with. I thought the L.A. team looked fun, young, and energetic. And I thought last year when LeBron wasn't on the court, that was the best time to watch that team play. I enjoyed watching that team play when it was the young core out there. I think Brandon Ingram is really an underrated, and he's going to blossom in New Orleans. I think he's going to become a superstar in New Orleans around that core because he's not going to have to go off the 
court because Zion's going to be able to play the four while he doesn't want to play the four, and they can switch back and forth between the three and the four. I think that's a great move for New Orleans. But I don't think it was the move for L.A. to make. I think L.A. should have never brought LeBron James in. I think LeBron James is a, not only a player, he's a GM, and he's going to tell you what you need to have around him. And I think that can be an issue in some sorts. And I think that we might see it this year. Say AD gets hurt this year. Say they re-sign AD, and then he gets hurt right after they re-sign him. That's going to suck, Okay. but now that screws their cap up for the next couple years. Now they don't make the playoffs again. Now you know how the LA media is. You know how the LA fans are. They are ruthless. They are savages. They're going to blame AD. They're going to blame this trade. They're going to go, well, look at what... Because I'm telling you, Brandon Ingram's going to average 20 points a season this season in New Orleans. That's a bold take. You can take it right now to the bank. 20 to 22 points a season. Brandon Ingram's going to average this season. He's going to be nice in New Orleans. Yeah, so, the Pelicans are going to be really fun to watch this season for sure. Without a doubt, adding Lonzo and adding Ingram, I think you're correct. Ingram's going to have a lot of room to, to grow and work in. And then adding the first overall pick, who I think we're pretty sure we were talking about, it. it's going to be Zion, or Zion Williamson. So um, absolutely. But to be completely honest, when you talk the LeBron thing, that's really kind of just speculation. He's there. It's not changing. And, you know, now they brought in Anthony Davis. So you're going to have a lot of haters either way. But once that championship happens, Los Angeles fans are going to fall in 100%. But if they don't win the championship, yeah, of course they're going to blame this trade because you just took away from their future. But yeah. it's a risk that Rob Linka was willing to take, and I think I it's a bold move. I don't think he move. was willing and to take right it. Now, so I think he did not want to make this move. I think he didn't want to make the move. Magic goes out of town, tells how hard it is to work with Rob Polinka, and then everybody's going, well, let's go ahead and blame Rob. And Rob's like, well, I guess I'm going to go ahead and mortgage everything to get AD in here for you guys, and now now we can just blame AD because you can't blame me anymore because I brought him in for you. But they're still going to blame him because if AD doesn't work out, then it's, well, you gave up too much in the trade, Polinka. Well, if he would have done the trade earlier in the offseason, in the pre or in the actual season before the trade deadline, they didn't know this was going to be the number four overall pick. And they were offering other picks that wasn't this year's pick. So they could have still had the number four overall pick and AD on the roster this year. So yeah. Polinka messes up either way you look at it, unless if they win the championship. Polinka is the one who did the problems. I my personal opinion. Unless the championship is won, then he's the one who all the blame is going to be on. Yeah, well, I he'll guess probably it's a be the one on the hot seat. I, I think he'll probably be on the hot seat too if they don't make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I, I mean, anybody in LeBron, or, anybody in a LeBron organization's on the hot seat. I mean, you win a championship as a head coach and you're fired the next year. That's happened multiple times in, in LeBron's uh, career. So, especially with like, Tyron Lue for one of them. And, so on and so forth. But yeah, absolutely. There's definitely, I think any kind of large market like that who makes a big risk for their future for winning today, absolutely are in the hot seat if it doesn't work out. But I mean, let's talk more about that Anthony Davis trade when we move forward on. We've only talked, we only had one day of it so far. We are, I've already heard that already he's not going to. Abso yeah, absolutely. I've already heard that he's not going to waive his trade bonus. That loses $4 million in cap for other players around him. Who knows if that'll change later on in the year. Who knows who else they'll add. We still have a draft this Thursday, so let's get into it, and let's talk about our mock draft, 1 through 30, for the first round. So first overall pick, we, as we said earlier, New Orleans Pelicans. I think we both can agree that this yes. is going to be Zion Williamson. I was about to say, we don't even need to argue yeah. about this. need to even say who wants to pick it. We yeah. both know who it is. Uh, number two, I absolutely. Think yeah, I don't think there's much disagreement on number two either. Is there? Like, I think we all know who it's going to be here. 
Uh, we can get into Zion for yeah. a minute about what we think about him, but I think we've kind of went over that again and again and again. It's kind of like beating a dead horse. Um, he could be a great, great player in this league, or he could be injured and mm-hmm. out in five years. And either way, it's going to be interesting to see how his body holds up over the 82-game season of the NBA. Um, the only time we've seen him get hurt last year in the NCAA was, uh, I mean, he did go out for a little bit with that hand, but I think that was just like resting him, to be honest. But the real time he ever went out was when he blew the shoe out. I think that's the only time we've ever really seen him get injured. So yeah. maybe he's just one of those guys who has a frame that's going to be perfect for the NBA and he can keep playing for years. But we don't know because that's what, I mean, LeBron, when he came out, they said he might be too big for his frame. And now look at him, you know, all these years later, he's the best player in the game like we exactly. were talking about. So it's it's a hit or yep. miss, but I think it's a hit. I think this kid's going to be great. Uh, number two. Yeah, easily he's... Oh, sorry, go Easily ahead. he's the top tier. You're good. Easily he's the top tier uh, when it comes to this draft. I don't think there's any question about that. I'm just really excited about his upside and his potential and how he's going to be able to transition into the game as well. Uh, that's exactly how I feel about this guy. I think New Orleans is going to be really fun for him with all the core that they're building around him. They still have that fourth overall pick, which we'll talk about in a few picks from now. Who knows if they're going to use it. Uh, but yeah, really excited for Zion Williamson as a Pelican. So, yep, round Absolutely. two or pick two. We got the Memphis Grizzlies, and I have uh, John Morant. I haven't had any changes there. I still think John Morant is going to go drafted to the Memphis Grizzlies. How about you? Yeah, I do too. I think uh, John Morant's the guy who's going to go here. He he did great things last year, and I think the only thing he can do is go up. But like I said last time, this kid could be Russell Westbrook or he could be uh, Michael Carter-Williams. It just depends on how they how he's really used there, how they really utilize him. Uh, the thing is, like, he averaged 25 points, 6 rebounds, 10 assists a game last year, and that's really good numbers, but he also averaged 5 turnovers, which is a tough a tough break. So we need to really, he needs to clean that part of the game up, and I think he could be a solid NBA prospect. I think, and I was kind of looking into him a little bit more because I was worried they're going to have to move on from Conley immediately. After doing some a little bit more research on him, uh, the year before last, he played off the ball really, really well. And it was actually kind of surprising to see how much he was able to play off the ball. So maybe they can keep Conley in for another year and just kind of give Morant that time. Because if Morant doesn't hit, then, you know, you still have Conley in there. But, yeah, I think John Morant here, no-brainer. That's interesting how you feel about the Conley situation, but I don't think those two are going to be able to match together. I think if they go with Morant, I think Conley is going to have to go. Uh, there's talks that over this last offseason and during the trade deadline, the, the second half of the season about Conley, knowing that he's probably going to be shifted off at some point. He knows it's a business. He understands. So I can see Conley moving here, but the price has got to be right. So Yeah, yeah and the price has got to be. I like Morant, in Memphis. It's got to be somebody who's one willing to take on $30 million, too, because that's what you're looking at when you look at Mike Conley. And I think uh, Memphis may put themselves in the wrong position when they sign that contract because it might be hard to get out of that contract, and they might have to end up dumping him rather than getting any viable assets back out of him at this point because of that $30 million and him being, I believe, 30 years old at this very moment, too. I could be wrong on the age, but I believe he's now 30 years old because he was in the same draft as Greg Oden. Yeah, so. I can see I can see him getting some kind of assets for him. I don't think they're going to be a drop. I don't see Connolly being someone you just have to let go. I'll see. I can see some team, even if they got to hold on to him until the next year's trade deadline when they're needing someone for a championship push. But yeah, I, I can see that uh, in that trans that trans uh, that or I guess I could say rebuilding phase for Memphis. This is one of those teams. They were very lucky to move up to the second overall pick. 
but I don't see this team improving very much. They're definitely still in the rebuilding phase, and we'll probably see them in the top five or at least top ten uh, come next year in the draft as well. New Orleans on the other side, because of this trade they just had in the core, and then Zion, I don't know. They could be one of those teams that could squeak into a seven-eight spot if they, you know, if they, barring injuries, and you know, like you said with Brandon Ingram, if he can move up to this twenty twenty-two point a game caliber. So okay. Fantastic. We got one and two down. Now let's move to number three, the New York Knicks, who we all thought was going to be the first overall pick to come to lottery, and then they get screwed over with the third overall pick. Knicks fans everywhere were crying. It was uh, what everybody was seeing over on the lottery TVs. It's definitely a sight to see. Um, this pick is really not too much of a debate either, in my opinion. Uh, if anything, maybe two and three is switched in a couple mock drafts, but it, I, I see that this one right here is going to stick, and I think it's going to be R.J. Barrett out of Duke. How about you? I do, but I know that a lot of Pelican fans out there, now that they got that number four overall pick, are going, please mm -hmm. let the Knicks be the Knicks and take some foreign yeah. guy that we've never heard of. Maybe they'll take that Luka Samanich who's supposed to go late in the first round here. Maybe mm -hmm. we can get R.J. Barrett back with Zion Williamson in New Orleans. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I think, New Orleans, I think New York knows that they have to take R.J. Barrett here. He's the only thing that fits in with this team right now because, frankly, the only thing that was a bright spot about that team last year was Kevin Knox. And Kevin Knox yeah. actually looked pretty good on that team last year. Uh, the the point guard position they're kind of trying to do point guard by committee like right now they got you know Frank the Tank in there the the kid from France Frank Nintilikina. Uh, can't say his last yeah. name. They got Dennis Smith. Yeah. They got Emmanuel Moutier. I think they're trying to do that by like just committee right now because they really don't know where they're going with that pick or with that uh, point guard position, but I think R.J. Barrett's the guy here, and then Kevin Knox is going to just have to take a backseat to him because I think R.J.'s a better player than Kevin Knox could be in this position. So absolutely, yeah, R.J. Yeah. Barrett. Yeah, I think one, two, and three are lock in my opinion, uh, no matter who picks in these spots. If any teams move up, which I don't see one and two changing whatsoever in teams, Three, there's a possibility, and you never know what the Knicks are going to do, and it could be involved with this next pick, as we said, and it is the fourth pick, again, with the Pelicans. Will we have another trade, maybe on draft night, or will the Pelicans make a another pick? And let's just assume in this case that they do pick. Who is your fourth overall pick for the Pelicans? I, I got him taking Jarrett Culver. I think the kid's going to fit in yep. tremendously with this roster. The more I look at this roster, the more I think it's that. But I'll be honest with you. You said you think they're moving up to three. I don't think they're moving up to three. I think they're moving yeah. back. I think they're going to move to like the 10 and the 17. I think they're going to take the 10, the 17 for the fourth overall and maybe another young asset from the Hawks or maybe the eight and the 17. But I think it's going to be one of those, two of those three picks that the Hawks have. And I think the Hawks are going to move up to four here to take Jared Culver. I think they want Jared yeah. Culver. I think that's the guy they need for their team right now to win, and I don't think they want to take on three rookies this year. So I think they take on. I think they go and they move forward here to take Jared Culver, and I think that's who ends up taking this pick. But for the sake of the draft, because we can't do trades, I will say either way, I believe Jared Culver is the pick here. But I believe New Orleans tries to move away from this because they want to get as many young assets as they can at this point because they could take and they could easily get another kid at uh, 8 and another kid at 17 who could just tremendously help, uh, help this uh, roster. And to be honest, they already have the starting shooting guard. They already have a backup shooting guard, so they don't really need to go in the shooting guard position there. I don't think they're going to need Jarrett Culver, but Jarrett Culver is such a, a tremendous talent on defense that they take him here because he's best player available. I think I just lost your video for a minute.
Okay, there you are. You're back. So, oh, anyway. All right, fantastic. Yeah, I was just so, simply saying I think Culver's uh, the best player available here. I don't think they need a, a shooting guard, but I think that's what they do. Okay, we are having problems with Skype. I do apologize to everybody. Uh, I had Culver here. I don't know if you heard me say that. Yep, absolutely. All right, okay. so there's four. Um, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of trades. Uh, at some point, I can see New Orleans moving. I'm not really saying that they're going to move up, but I can. I definitely can see the Atlanta. I can also see Boston, too, because remember, Boston also has three picks. You can see him moving up, and they just missed out on the AD trade. They just missed out on Kyrie. He's leaving, or at least he opted out. Uh, so I can see I can see Boston making some noise too, just try to stay relevant. I think but Boston we'll tries this trade for Beal. Let me. Yeah, I'm well, just throwing that out there. I think Beal goes there. I think they try to get <laughs> Beal. I think they try to take right. those picks and move those and another asset over to Washington, get Beal and the ninth pick. I think they want to get the ninth pick and Beal, and maybe even get rid of Jalen Brown because Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they don't really work together that well. A lot of people know that those two are kind of like oil and water they don't really mix well hmm. so all right so there you go there's our fourth overall pick let's move on to number five and that's the cleveland cleveland cavaliers uh, they had a really nice first round draft pick in saxon last year sexton sorry let's see if they add on who are they going to go on is it going to be another guard or do they move on to someone as a big man what do you think Derek? i think they go with deandre hunter here out of virginia uh, i think mm -hmm. he fits what they need here um like, I look at their roster, and that's exactly what they need is a small forward shooting guard position. They just missed out on Jared Culver here, and I think that it's DeAndre Hunter, without a doubt, out of Virginia. I think he his uh, his free or his 44% uh, three-point shooting is something that these guys need. Colin Sexton would be happy to have somebody like that. And I don't know if you know, but uh, Wally Zerbiak is actually out there saying that he thinks DeAndre Hunter is the next Kawhi Leonard. And this was said hmm. before Kawhi Leonard was the MVP wow. of the finals. This was said during around the Eastern Conference finals when they were doing the draft combine. He said he thought DeAndre Hunter was the closest resemblance to Kawhi Leonard he's ever seen coming out of college. So I just wanted to throw that out there for you, too. I thought maybe you hadn't heard that one. I thought that's kind of an interesting little yeah. tidbit. Yeah, that's interesting for sure. I, I like DeAndre Hunter here. I have to. I have to. But this one was a little difficult to me. This was probably the hardest pick so far. Uh, one through four was pretty easy. This one uh, I have with the who I have at six and who I have at five, I can easily see these two moving. And the reason behind it is Cleveland is still clearly in a rebuilding phase. So they're going to be looking for the best player available when it comes to position wise or what the team needs right away. Yet the Andre Hunters where it's at and I can totally see this pick happening. But uh, I'm going to transition to who we have at the sixth pick and that is with Sun. And I had Darius Garland going there. I could totally see Cleveland going with Garland. I know that they have Sexton, and that's two guards at one time. But I, if for the quality of the rebuild, I can totally see both of them on the same team together. But for the sake of this mock draft, I have DeAndre Hunter going to Cleveland, and I have Phoenix Suns taking Darius Garland. Darius Garland is going to be perfect for Phoenix if he gets to land at six. I think it'll fit exactly to all these prospects and all these young guys, this core that Phoenix has. They still have a long way to go, but I think Garland is like – is probably the best point guard in this draft, I would say 100%, and I would say that he is perfect fit for Phoenix. Oh, uh, when I was looking at Garland, he got hurt quite mm -hmm. a bit. Yeah. Um, the one guy that kept sticking out to me because of the nagging injury at the beginning of the year, but so much hype going into him, the amazing handles that this kid has, the way he can drive to the bucket and lead a team, the big, uh, the big 
comparison I seen was actually Kyrie Irving. So if Garland goes at five, mm-hmm. let's just let's just play back here. Say Garland goes at five instead of Hunter. Sure. Yep. Now Kobe White goes at six. And now you got the Chicago Bulls who are sitting there looking and going, wow, DeAndre Hunter just fell to us at seven. That's a great deal. Yeah. Because I don't think Phoenix is going to go after DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter if he falls to six. I think they go after Kobe White because they need a point guard, and this year they're going to draft by need. And that's going to not that's, I agree. that might hurt them because this draft is so deep. That might hurt them if they take in Kobe White. If, if, DeAndre, if Darius Garland goes at four, or at five, I mean, I'm sorry. And Kobe White goes. Uh, Kobe White is still sitting there at six, and DeAndre Hunter is still sitting there at six. I take DeAndre mm-hmm. Hunter all day as best player available because I think he has the talent. But if them if they're drafting by need, they're going to take Kobe White for sure. So what yep. if that happens, and then we have the Bulls sitting there at seven? Because I think the Bulls. I we're going to talk about that here in a minute because we're going to get to them. We're saying DeAndre Hunter went at five. And I think, honestly, they go Kobe White here because it's just that that's how it's going to go in this draft. I think it's going to be that's your one through seven, no matter what, is there's going to be Kobe White, Darius Garland, and DeAndre Hunter at the five through seven. I don't know how they're going to go right there, but I know they're going to go right there. And I can almost guarantee you DeAndre Hunter doesn't go to Phoenix Suns. I could almost guarantee that right now. Yeah, and that's that's definitely something. And we don't know if Cleveland is going to trade down. There was talks earlier uh, in the last week or so, two weeks, I would say, that they were uh, open to trading down. And then we don't know if New Orleans is happening. Maybe someone's going to try to jump up for one of these point guards because these two point guards in White and Garland are definitely in their tier of their own compared to all the rest of the point guards in this first round and the rest of the draft. Except so, John Moran. They have John, it's weird because they have, right. it's like John Moran is the tier one point guard. Tier two is your Kobe White, Darius Garland. Tier three is everybody else. But honestly, I believe that Darius Garland is closer to a tier one after doing a little bit more digging into his uh, high school footage and his stuff like that. I really think this kid's more closer to John Morant than people are giving him credit for. All right. So with the fifth pick, we have DeAndre Hunter going to Cleveland. Uh, we're going to go with Darius Garland, correct, to Phoenix. That's who we're staying with. We're sticking with Garland. Yep, and I'm already, honestly, I've already jumped to seven. It's Kobe White at seven. Is that who yep. we're saying? Yeah, Is absolutely. That, yeah, but, I think Kobe White, I think you have those two guards. That's Who knows if which ways they're going to go, but – I had to pick I think Kobe White is going to be the second one off the board and I think Chicago snags him up here without a doubt I don't see either of these two guards getting past uh, pick seven no matter what team drafts or drafts out of them I think the only player that falls out is DeAndre Hunter and if someone comes up to try maybe grab a uh, one of these point guards sooner than later, or maybe a big man, because we haven't talked about too many big men yet, um, other than really um, Zion, who's not really technically a big man, but he plays the five or the four. And so, I, think okay. act, I think there's actually a run here on big men here in just a minute, right after Absolutely. the guards go off through the board. But uh, real quick, I do want to bring up the fact that I did share a thing with you on Twitter earlier about mm-hmm. uh, Lori Markkinen possibly getting traded for the number four overall pick because they want to move up and secure Darius Garland at that pick. So that could be pretty interesting because they think Markkinen is not the de- they think of Markkinen as a defensive liability is what the article was saying. And that could be pretty interesting if we see Chicago move up to pick up Darius Garland because then that really tells you what they think about that young man. Yep, that's true. Yep, and Chicago needs all the help they can, especially in that backcourt. All right, so fantastic. So now we go to Atlanta, who has the 8 and the 10 picks. So um, 
either way, you know, basically almost back to back with Washington sandwiched in between them. So let's talk about Atlanta's eighth overall pick. I have almost a big man rush, just like you're saying, but I still have one guard left. And that is, well, I guess you could say he's a forward, not really a guard, but I have him uh, at Reddish. Uh, I got him from Duke. I think Reddish is where it's at. I think Cam Reddish is definitely um, the player that goes here to Atlanta. I see. I think Cam Reddish. He's, I believe, he's six seven, but he has a seven foot two wingspan. So I think he's going to yes. see more time at uh, forward, like a small forward. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I'd hinted at the at the big man thing going. But okay. they do have him listed as a guard on here, which I disagree with. But he did play guard because he was playing with uh, R.J. Barrett and Zion, which they were pretty Zion. much. Let's be honest, they were all small forwards when they went into Duke, yeah. and then they were like, "Okay, you're the bigger one. You go play the bigger position. You're the skinnier mm-hmm. one. You go play the skinnier position." That's how we're going to do this. But Cam Reddish yeah. at eight for the Hawks, deal of a pick. I think we didn't get to see enough of Cam Reddish last year at Duke. I think he was playing third string to a lot of people, and I think he's actually a lot better of a player than they showed last year with the Blue Devils. But I think at eight, I think he's a steal. I think the Hawks are sitting there licking their chops if they get that. But I still, like I said, I think they move up. I think they go after DeAndre Hunter. I think because when I look at this roster with Torian Prince just leaving, DeAndre Hunter fits in perfectly to this roster, and that's the only reason I think they move up, especially with them just acquiring that pick from the Nets while they traded Tory and Prince off to them. So yeah. that's that's yeah, why I said that's that. That's definitely but, speculation. Yeah, but like I said, we're just doing this as there's no trades at this yeah. point. So why, yeah. like I said, they, they do, if they're still sitting in there at 8 and Cam Reddish comes down to them at 8, they're just like, wow, this was great. Thanks for the, you know, thanks, please coming in because now, now we got it at 10. So Would not be surprised. Yeah, 100% agree with you on that one. So we'll say Cam Reddish goes here at 8. And then you have Washington Wizards who has no GM. Uh, they're in a weird situation with money right now. John Wall has a lot of money. Don't see him going anywhere. But Brad Beal is getting upwards in the uh, almost $30 million range next year. And there's talks about him possibly going somewhere so they can open it up. Who knows if he actually gets moved uh, before the draft because they're not going to have a GM by the time the draft happens. Uh, so who do you have have here at Washington for number nine overall? Well, real quick, Washington. Uh, me and Christian right here, we will happily be co-GMs. We'll come yeah, in there. Absolutely. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll figure out a way to get Beal out of there for you guys. Uh, yeah. Just you know, give us a holler whenever. And but, I'm going to drive away, so I got you. Don't worry. Right, and I, I'm a yeah. phone call away from him, so we'll figure <laughs> it out. Don't worry. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I got them taking, taking Seiko Dumbier. Uh yeah. He's a big athletic kid out of France. He did come mm-hmm. off the bench. He only averaged seven points a game last year. But there was a lot of upside from him, and apparently from what people are saying at that draft combine, he really showed out when he came. So I think he'll be interesting to see here, and I think that's honestly where the Wizards go because they don't really have a GM in spot to make a definitive trade to make them move up at this point. I mean, they could still make the trade, but that's usually what you hire your GM for is those were tough decisions, so they can be the one to be fired when the tough decision didn't work out. Yep. But I think uh, Seiko Dumbier here, I think that's who they take because I think they think that's what they need. But I think they go. I think they should have went other ways. But for the sake of this being the Wizards being the Wizards, we'll say Seiko yep. Dumbier. And I have Dumbier going here too. And if I was the GM, if you and me were the GM, I think we would both agree that we'd go somewhere else here. But when you talk about Dumbier, I think he's a guy that they're not going to be completely set in for him to be 
a next year player. I mean, he'll, he'll be on the team, but he won't be a guy that's really going to stand out. I think they're looking really far into the future here to try to set up whoever the GM comes in uh, and takes over this Washington team. The guy that I would take is the guy that we have sitting at number 10. If I was Washington, Absolutely. I think you'd fit there, but I just don't see Washington doing it. I think number 10, which is the next guy, which I think if Atlanta keeps these eight and 10 picks are going to be in great contention. Uh, at the at the eight, ten, and seventeen, if, if Atlanta keeps all three of those picks, Man. and they with Trey Young and John Collins, I love what their what their their young core would be. But I mean, possible special, you know, possible trades for Atlanta here. But yeah, I have Dumbia going nine to Washington, but Atlanta at ten, and this, the team that I think he should go nine, but I have him at ten, and that's Jackson Hayes out of Texas. I think I was this big guy strolling is probably, to him by yeah. the way, just to let you yeah, know. Why we already knew who this is. That kid's a stud. Absolutely. He should be. Going going to nine it to uh, yeah. wizards he should be the the future big man of that team yeah. but i don't and think I we're would, gonna go that way i would not be surprised to see if somebody traded up to cleveland one of these possibly chicago or someone like that and and to grab their guard and cleveland jumped down to seven or eight and they picked jackson hayes here if that trade happens because i can see that kind of happening jackson hayes is a great person to start a core with but atlanta the Oh man, if if you put Jackson Hayes, John Collins together with Trey Young, and then you just said Cam Reddish and whoever seventeen is with, oh, Atlanta is off to a great start if they decide to keep these draft picks. Let me so, throw a little hot take at you. I've been thinking right. about. I haven't even told you about this. One. Throw this one out. Let's go. Uh, because I've like, well, they don't really have a GM to make the trade, but mm-hmm. Washington's sitting there at nine, like you said, they're looking for the far future. Yeah, and they get a call, and it's Boston. Boston's like, hey, man, we really want to move up to nine. Uh, we don't really want to pick out, up Al, Al Horford's player con- or player uh, extension this offseason. We're kind of looking to try to dump him. What if we gave you two picks to move up to that spot so we can get Jackson Hayes right above the right above the Atlanta Hawks? I think that could be a move that happens. I think that the Boston Celtics, with that big contract that uh, Al Horford's got coming up, I think that that could be somebody that they try to get. Yeah and make Al Horford slowly get the hell out of town. Yeah, that's that's possible for sure. I, I do see out of these three picks that Boston has, they're drafting a couple big guys out of the two of them, a power forward and a center in, in my mock draft. So, yeah, I, I could see that happening for sure, but we'll see. I, I think that Boston is not going to sit down and just let uh, the season come after them after they lost AD and they lost Kyrie. I think they're going to do whatever it takes to stay relevant, whether it means them just that they keep all three free agents or, or I'm sorry, free draft picks. And then they continue on with free agency and try to get as many max deal players that they can still continue to get, which I think is maybe two if they move the money. Right. So yeah, I, I could see that happening, but uh, but Jackson Hayes in Atlanta is, is to me, it's more, it's more it's, suitable. It's I, a lot more fun that. too, just to think <laughs> about, ain't it? Oh yeah, sure. So, all right, there's our top right. 10. Yeah. Top 10. That's a fantastic top 10. Uh, now we get into the nitty gritties. And I think this is where you and I have our first disagreement and it's at it, 11. It is. And it's at the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I like your pick. I think it's a good one, but mine's a little different and I'll tell you why afterwards, but go ahead. What do you have at 11 for Minnesota? All right. So for Minnesota, I looked at this roster. Taj Gibson's getting kind of old. Dario Saric doesn't really fit in. They try to run Yang sometimes at the four, but it really doesn't really it doesn't really mesh for this team. They've missed on the shooting guards they were looking for. They, I, th- I think I think they really wanted to get a Cam Reddish in this. I really think they wanted to put him in this this situation to put Andrew Wiggins back at his natural two guard position rather than at the small forward. I think they really wanted that, but they miss out on it. 
So who I have them taken here is I actually have them taken Brandon Clark out of Gonzaga. I think he's uh I think between him and Rui Hachimura last year they were awesome. Um the two of them were a lot of fun to watch. And I think Brandon Clark really fits into this team well because he would really help bring that defensive mindset that Jimmy Butler actually said was not there. And you want to go ahead and get rid of that that stigma around your team that you don't have a defensive mindset. So you bring in somebody like this Brandon Clark, who averaged, I believe it was, I'm looking for it right now. He was third in blocks last year and first in the free throw percentage. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, that's that's a, that's what you need on your team when you're at this position, my personal opinion. But let me hear who you got. I like Brandon Clark. I really do. I have him going just a few picks from now. Uh, but exactly what you said. I think if you can find a way to get Wiggins to his original number two, uh, that would be ideal for Minnesota, and that's the reason why I have my draft pick here at 11, and that is the number three, and that is Nasir Little out uh, of North Carolina. I love this guy's ceiling. I think he's got a tremendous upside, and I think it would be fantastic to put him with uh, Wiggins, uh, Little and Wiggins together. I think it would be a great fit. And just like you said, they really wanted someone like Reddish. Well, I think Little is that guy that was next up uh, when it comes to this mock draft without them moving out of the 11 spot. And see, I had Little going a little bit further down, but we can talk about mm-hmm. that later. Yeah. Uh, but let's, for the sake of this, we'll go with Little here in this in this spot. And then I'll tell you who I had him going to when we get to that team. All right, now, sounds good. Now we're at 12 with the Charlotte mm-hmm. Hornets. Yeah. And uh, I want to hear who you think, and then I'm going to go ahead and tell you who I think, and we'll see what we think here. All right, sounds good. There's a lot of speculation about Kemba Walker moving. Will they draft a point guard? I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to be pretty risky. Uh, I think they're going to go after a guy. And from my 1.0 draft to my 2.0 draft, this is the guy who's moved up the farthest on my board. He actually moved up eight spots. Uh, He moved up from 20 from my 1.0 to this draft right here. And that's the center, uh, Bull Bull. I think this guy is going to go to Charlotte. I think this guy is going to be someone who, you know, we had a lot of injury concerns about, but I think Charlotte's a team that's not afraid to take that risk. Uh, I can easily see this guy being an asset to Michael Jordan and the Jordan uh, assets, Jordan company itself, uh, even if they lose out on Kemba this season. I think that'd be a great way to build around a big guy. So, yeah, I like Charlotte here for Bull Bull. See, I think it's a bowl bowl as well, which is kind of funny. All right. But my reason is kind of just more of a funny reason. Okay. I think, I think uh, that Mike's going to be back in the, in the room and he's going to be like, I don't know, get that get that bowl kid. I had to play against his dad. He was fucking annoying. Let's get that bowl <laughs> kid in here one time and let's see what he can do. I think that's the yeah. main, I think that's, I think that's the GMing behind this whole pick for because. I honestly, I go back and I try to look at what he's done over the years with all his draft picks. And I, I really try to look at them. I really, really do. And they mm-hmm. make no sense to me. None of them make any sense since Kimball Walker. Yeah. When he took Michael Kidd Gilchrist, even at the time, people were judging that pick because they're like, he does not have an NBA shot. He has the most awkward release we've ever seen. Well, Ben Goody, Simmons sure might talk he's to good that. on defense, but what else can he do? Lonzo would talk to him too, but yeah, let's really say something here. Yeah. <laughs> Mark L. Fultz would just be jealous of all of them right now. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't know what a jump shot is right now since ever since his surgery, which is unfortunate because he was really good. Yeah. But yeah, Bull Bull here at 12. I think, it's, uh, I think it's what the Charlotte Hornets do. I think the Charlotte Hornets are the Charlotte Hornets. In this pick, I think that's the best way to word it. Yep. Uh, Because Michael Jordan needs to quit running that team. He was one of the greatest players in NBA history, but he is not a good 
He's not a good front office man. Can we get him out of the front office role, please? Let that man go play some golf and quit making him make NBA decisions. Not making good ones. Yeah. Sorry, well, I had to get that off my chest because <laughs> I grew up loving Michael Jordan. Now I hate yeah. him. As, uh, what, I love, I love Jordan. I can't say anything bad about him. So you go get Bull Bull and I'll give you all the credit for it if he does good mixed uh, NBA, even a second rookie team. I don't even care. So I, I think he's a bust. I think he's. <laughs> Though there's a lot of, yeah, there's Good a job. lot of, lot of facts that he might get hurt. He doesn't really have a lot of, uh, a lot of meat on his bones. I mean, just like his dad did. Uh, so we'll see. It's a whole different league. So you kind of need to have that. To, to be able to move the ball around down in the paint. So, all right. So, Bull Bull, we have him sitting at Charlotte. Uh, I still think it's going to be a fun pick if that happens. So, we're going to move on to 13, and that's Miami Heat. I think the Miami Heat is a really uh, interesting pick here at 13. This is when you kind of get into the, um, you know, I think you, we moved into a couple picks ago, but Miami to me was a really interesting pick. Um, I think they need to find a way to spread the ball out more and get some more perimeter shooting uh, and and help on some defensive ways more a little bit too. I, I still got a lot of room to grow um, if they're going to be uh, battling for contention in the East. Um, and I think that with this first pick here, I have them taking PJ Washington. I got him coming out of here from Kentucky, and I think that will help them out in this aspect. What do you think? Here's where we disagree again. Okay. Um, I don't think they go with PJ Washington. I think they go with Rui Hachimura. Actually, to be honest, hold on. In this draft, because we have, uh, you have Brandon Clark still on the board, I think they would honestly take Brandon Clark here. Because I had Hachimura going here in my personal mm -hmm. draft. But if Brandon Clark's still on the board, I think they take Brandon Clark here because Kellen, Kelly Olynyk is not the answer at your power forward position, and everybody knows that. They're going to try to move on mm -hmm. from Whiteside this offseason. That's kind of obvious. Uh, Bam yep. Adebayo and Hassan, or Bam Adebayo and Brandon Clark would be a lot of fun to watch together. So I got him. I'm going to say Brandon Clark right here because okay. All right. now we're just blowing up both of our draft boards at the exact same time. <laughs> because right. since since he just fell, they're licking their chops because that's the kind of defensive mindset they want to bring forward with the young Bam Adebayo and now Brandon Clark. That would be a good defensive mindset up on the front court. I like that. Well, you better just do a quick swap here, because if we move over to the 14th pick in Boston, that's where I have Brandon Clark going. I think Brandon Clark uh, sits at Boston here uh, for their first pick of the uh, NBA draft out of their three. I think this is the player that they look for, if, and if they can fall, they fall into it, their arms here, uh, I think they definitely go with it without a doubt. Um, I don't know if they'd get P.J. Washington if it fell to him. I think that's just the guy that Miami sees fit. Uh, yeah, but, I see, yeah. see P.J. Washington falling. I actually have P.J. Washington... No, I do somewhat. Currently looking at my my mock draft terms, uh, I think I had him at like eight, but I don't have him really going that high. I actually had Brandon Clark and Rui Hachimura going eleven and thirteen. So at this point, I would take in who I had here is a little bit different than what you were saying because you have Brandon Clark. So now he's off the board mm -hmm. on this draft. Yep, I had Goga Patadze. Okay. I had them taking the international big man because, like you were saying, big men. They need big yep. men in this draft. And that's, I think Goga, if he falls to this point, is a really good pick for a team who has three first round picks. Yeah. So I think that's where, since we're just blowing up entire boards, uh, we're going to go with Goga here. Yeah. I, I mean, I like Goga uh, for Boston. I actually have him sitting at number 20 for Boston. That's where I have him I sitting. Don't. So. He's not falling past the Spurs. The, <laughs> Spur, right. the, sport, the Spurs love for foreign big men. They're not letting nobody pass them. It has uh, coming from international like that. Except yeah. Luca. 
They'll let Lucas Samanich go past him because he's not going to be worth it. All right, so 15. I think we might actually get back to agreeing here. Yeah, because I think the, we did. the last time we did a mock draft, we actually agreed on this pick when I said it. And mm -hmm. I still have at 15 Romeo Langford going to the yep. Pistons because he was hurt last year, really, really yep. hurt. Mm -hmm. They're saying there was more injuries last year that they weren't even letting us know about. So I'm kind of like, yep. wow. Um, mm -hmm. I think he fits in perfectly with Detroit. I think you said the same thing. Yes. I think this is a no brainer here. Um, I, I'm trying to think of a good NBA comparison for some for everybody out there watching. Uh, who do you think of? Ugh. Do you have anybody off yeah, the top I, of your head that nah, you think of? No, not really. really? Yeah, I wasn't ready for that question. No, <laughs> I apologize. To, I'll so, put it okay. on Twitter when I think. <laughs> so here's who I think of when I see him play. Okay. Uh, in high school, he was a little bit more ball dominant. So he reminds me of kind of like when... This is the ceiling, so don't go blowing my head off here. I think he could be a C.J. McCollum, okay? I think okay. he could be a very yeah, yeah. good player. And my floor for this guy is Jeremy Lamb. Oof. It's a good one, right? It's yeah, comparable, that's too, because I think they're both athletic uh, shooting guards. I think that's a good comparison for him. So I kind of wanted to it's throw those. It's a big those... window, though. It's a that, big that's window. That's a huge window there. But we're saying, you know, ceiling and floor. Who's the, What's the worst possible thing we're going to get out of him? We're going to get a Jeremy Lamb. But we might get a C.J. McCollum if he if he – if he's even close to what we think we've seen, and if the injuries aren't what we were hoping they are. Well, Detroit knows all about injuries with what happened with Blake Griffin last year, so hopefully they can manage to keep it together and try to get back in the playoff race. I think Romeo Langford would be good. I think the only issue they might have uh, not getting Langford here is if a team like Charlotte, that we don't really know what's to expect out of that, um, that committee, goes ahead and gets Langford. I think that's really the only one to worry about the only um, other, they, I, in that I had another pick at 12. I've done a couple mock drafts. The one was kind of just silly and just making Charlotte moves. And I was like, okay, so if they move on from Kimba, mm -hmm. they're going to draft Nikhil Alexander. That's who I had. I actually had them taking Alexander at that pick because they were going to try to replace Kimba Walker. But that was just a fun one because I actually have him going down in the 20s on my actual draft. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's go ahead and get over to 16 here with the Orlando Magic. I think we have yep. another disagreement here. Uh, okay. Who do you have here? I have Tyler Harrow. I got him coming out of Kentucky. I think this guy is a shooter that will benefit uh, Orlando. This is a guy that hasn't changed on my board from 1.0 to 2.0, and I think this guy is Orlando Magic material. Okay. I have uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker here, actually. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And the reason I have them him going right here is because they don't really like Fournier is that whole their whole guard position, point guard, shooting guard is the biggest mm -hmm. question mark on this team. Other than Vucevic yep. leaving this offseason, season, which if you guys don't know, Vucevic is gone. They've already pretty much said it. They've already confirmed it. Kind of like Kyrie out of Boston. It's already known. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is rumored to go to the Orlando Magic. And I thought Orlando Magic, if they had him killing Alexander, because he's a shooting guard, and they had uh, D'Angelo Russell in there together, they could maybe reinvent some of that Karis LeVert Russell magic that the Nets had. And so that's why I had them taking Alexander White here, or Nikhil Alexander Walker here instead of, uh, yeah, anybody okay. else. Yeah. 
Well, I had Hero at 16 for Orlando, and I had Walker at 17. So that's where I had Walker. So we're not too far off. And I had him going to Atlanta. Now, if we go back to what I had at 8 and 10, this is why I like this whole this core. So you have Trey Young and you have John Collins, a really great core that Atlanta already really has developed. And those are the two that I really like to talk Kyle, about. Out of those or two. Kevin Horder also deserves yeah. more credit, too, because he's he came in last year and did his thing as a rookie. That's true. It was kind of surprising. Uh, DeAndre Membry also he's not to, he's not a starter but he's also a good key role player in that team. Uh, there's a couple of them like that that I believe in honestly. Yeah, absolutely. But the the two that I really focus on when I look at it is is Trey Young and John Collins. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And then um, we had Cam Reddish. Yeah. And then we had Jackson Hayes. So when you add in Nikolai Alexander Walker, the shooting guard out of Virginia Tech, I got to watch a lot of Virginia Tech basketball this year. Uh, for being being from Virginia Beach and getting that in my in my local or regional television, so watching him play was was fantastic. And I, I think that if you could put that with Trey Young and you could put that with John Collins, uh, it would be absolutely incredible for this Atlanta Hawks uh, this Atlanta Hawks organization. So hopefully that's where he goes because I think that would be a great fit for him. Uh, if he went to Orlando a pick early, I would not be surprised whatsoever. I could see those shooting guards definitely do a flip. Uh, 100%, but I have him sitting here at 17 to Atlanta. So what's funny is I actually have Hero falling a lot farther. I actually have him okay. down at 24 to the okay. 76ers, and they fall in love with that pick because they're going to lose J.J. Redick this offseason, and they mm -hmm. Tyler Hero would be exactly what they need. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of actually just happened because I think the Spurs need a big man. I'll talk about that here in a minute a little bit more. But we'll throw Hero in here for this pick because that's the point of the draft. Yep. And uh, so, real quick, I want to discuss Tyler Hero for a minute because I feel like last time on this on this podcast on episode one, I came off a little hard on Tyler Hero. Mm -hmm. I said that I think he's too slow. I said I don't think he's good enough. I said a lot of things that, and I did watch a lot of tape on him. I've watched a lot of tape on him, and so I want to go ahead and tell you because I told you I lost my notes. And I lost mm -hmm. my comparisons. So do you want to know yep. who my comparisons were for Tyler Hero? Go ahead. His floor, because we talked about Doug McDermott. That was the mm -hmm. one I joked around. Yep. Doug McDermott, the floor. Yep. His ceiling, I had Bucks Prime Ray Allen, who was a stud shooter and could yep. cut to the bucket and go. So yep. I don't want anybody out there to think I'm talking about <laughs> Tyler Hero as a bad guy. Because when I see the tape... I see that he could be really, really good yep. or a little too slow for the league. And it's just that. And that's what I was wanting to talk about real quick, because I feel as though I may have came off a little hard on Ty Tyler Hero last time we talked about because I kept making the jokes of Doug McDermott and Jimmer for dead. Let's be honest. We've seen a lot of those come out here. Kind of scary to see. But like I did right here, Bucks Ray Allen is the feeling I had for him there. So I just want to throw that out there. Oh, we're losing connection. Again. Oh, sorry about this, guys. We have can't really do much about Skype when it decides to uh, do its little thing. Oh, there he is back. All right. Hey, I don't know what's going on with that. Today. Skype is okay. having an interesting so. night tonight with this. But, yeah, anyway, I just wanted to All throw right, so that I, out there. I can see that with Hero. I could. And I, I... Oh, cut yep, off again. I, I like him in Orlando, though, but, yeah, we'll keep him at 17. All right. All right, so, so we ready to move on? No, now we're at 17 with the Nets. Because we just had Hero go to 16 with the Magic. On and yours. 17 to the Hawks. We just That's the Hawks pick now, not the Nets. 
Yeah, sorry, but we're not we're just now to the Hawks. We they just missed on Hero. So Nikhil Alexander, is that who yeah. you were talking about as your pick here? That we're having yeah, that's with. who I got going there. If you guys can't tell, we're having some major technical difficulties right now. I'm trying to figure it out. Uh really wish I knew what was going on. Keep having a little bit of an issue here. You keep cutting in and out, I don't know if you know that, but uh yeah, and, yeah. And kill Alexander Walker here. I think it's a good pick for him. Um, again, I don't think, just don't see Atlanta holding all three of these picks and using all three of these picks. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Even if they use the eight and ten, the seventeen pick is still going to get retraded because they don't want to pick again. And this, I don't think they want that. So now we're to the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Now here's where I had Nasir Little going. Earlier in the draft when okay. I told you that I had Nasir Little going a little later, this is mm-hmm. actually where I had Nasir Little going because I think he fits this uh, roster perfectly because Oladipo will come back next year. Uh, it's really unfortunate what happened to him with that injury. They were doing really, really good before it happened to him. Um, but I really think he fits this roster and what they try to do. That's where I had Nasir Little going. But at this point, I'm going to go ahead and say we have Rui Hachimura. Who has fell all the way to eighteen, and that's who I have. So that's funny I have... because I just kind of was throwing <laughs> a one out against the wall because we've blown yeah. up boards. Hachimura has so. been that guy that is one of the hero and uh, Hachimura, other than you know the one through seven picks, um, have been the the players that have really stayed the same on my board. And the reason I like Hachimura for Indiana, and I said it in the first mock draft, is. He's the older kind of college player that Indiana likes, and I can just see him suiting very well in the Indiana system. Uh, Oladipo, when he becomes healthy, and you have Hachimura into play with that system, I think they can compete. I think they can be fantastic. I think they can. You can see Indiana as a three seed or a four seed next year. Uh, so I, I like that pick a lot. Who knows if Hachimura is going to fall that far? You have speculation right. he's going to go a lot earlier. I think but he's I have going him in the sitting, lottery. But I have him sitting at eighteen, just outside. I think the farthest he falls is 13, where I have him at. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, if the Pacers are sitting at 18 and Rui Hachimura has fell that far, absolutely, I don't think it's going to take but 20 seconds to put the card in. And the only <laughs> yeah. thing reason it's going to take so long is because they're going to have to figure out how to spell his name. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. San Antonio Spurs, uh, we got them going at 19. Uh, we got DeRozan. And that crazy trade uh, the year prior that brought Kawhi Leonard to the Raptors and DeRozan to and then Spurs. I, just, I sent you that thing about them, that stupid rumor I just saw. I'm sorry, yeah. i got to address this. Mm-hmm. There was a rumor out there that they're going to trade DeMar DeRozan for Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Pacers. No and way. Let me tell you, if that was true, the worst trade ever made. Yeah, but Pacers I, would make out way too well. There's no way I see that happen. <laughs> Do you know who I actually got them taking here? Who's that? I got them taking Bruno Fernando from Maryland. Uh, he looked really good last year. I actually have uh, notes on him. I'm going to... Anyway, pretty much what I said about this kid is he looks just as good to me now, and you can go ahead and throw me over the coals when I say this. He looked just as good as me this year as DeAndre Ayton looked last year. Interesting. And I'm like, why is this kid falling to 1920 when he is just a big physical kid? Uh, I want to 
Now, I do want to address that I did have his, uh, that was his ceiling. As his floor, I had him as somebody, I want to say, like, a, actually, a, a kid with no, kid with no shins who played, Dewan Blair. I don't know if you know who Dewan Blair is. I'd throw that name out there. That's who I had the, 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 the floor as. But the ceiling, okay. I had him as, he kind of looks like a, uh, he just kind of looks like a DeAndre Ayton right now. Big and he's physical and he's cool to watch. Okay. That's who I had them taking here is Bruno Fernando because they need a big man. Lamarcus Aldridge is getting old. Uh, he's not supposed to be playing the five anyway, to be honest. So I, that's why I had them take. Jakob Podol, uh I just don't. I don't see the. I don't see the potential in Jakob Podol that they did when they made that trade last year. All right. Yeah. I I don't have them going with a big man, although I can totally see it 100. Um, percent Bruno, I have him going a little lower. Uh, he. Just makes it in the first round for me. Um, but um, I have them taking Keldon Johnson out of Kentucky. I have them taking a shooting guard. Uh, I, I just I have Keldon Johnson going next, I believe. Okay, no. yeah, so that's – okay. Yeah, well, that's where I have him going. I think that that's just oh, I had Keldon Johnson San Antonio. Go, I had Keldon Johnson go to the Hawks last pick – or three picks ago. That's why I don't okay. see him. On my, board, <laughs> on my draft, I had him going to the to the, to the – the Hawks because I thought he would be a fun addition there. Uh, that's because I had Nikhil Alexander Walker already gone, so that explains where I'm at. Okay, sorry about that. I was All looking right. like where where no is problem. he at? But yeah, I had him at 17. So if he falls to 19, I could see them taking him him at as well. All right. So Let's moving on to number 20, him. we have the Boston Celtics with the second pick for their second pick in the draft. This one's from the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, I had uh, Goga go there go here, but he's obviously off the board on our. On our draft here. Same team, uh, though. Yep, yeah, exactly. You thought he was going to go to Boston on the earlier pick, which is definitely could happen. I, I'd like to see him in a Celtics uniform. I think that would be a good fit for him, especially right. since we talked about Horford, Horford, how he's leaving, or not leaving, but they kind of want to just push him out, whether right. he takes that team up op- or that player option or not. So, yeah, I got Goga here. So who do you have him or have Boston as their 20th pick? Kevin Porter Jr. All right. <laughs> I think I think if he falls to him, they're just like mad. Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, man, this kid. Uh, I know he was. Don't know what the off. Can we just figure out what the off the court stuff was? But I'm going to keep yeah. asking because I need to know. Yeah. Um, but I think, man, you just go back. You look at the stuff. He was a good player in college or in high school, and the few games he played in college looked. That's actually where I have them going. Kevin Porter. I have him right at twenty. Think they need to replace him on my board in the most weird way possible. How's that? Is he's going next on your board? <laughs> because he's going, he's my next Boston pick. So you have both my Boston picks. <laughs> <laughs> so you had Goga first, I had Goga second for Boston. Now you got Porter Jr. second, and I had him third. Okay, so, so yeah, I, I just find that I, crazy. I don't think Porter <laughs> Jr. falls past Oklahoma City, so I think that's why they take him at 20. Yeah, uh, I, I, think... I could see that. I could see that. And that's why, when I say that, it makes a lot more sense why I had him at 20 rather than 22, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense if for that aspect. Um, but who I have at Oklahoma City, I have Oklahoma City taking Cam Johnson out of North Carolina. I have the I have them going with a small forward there to try and help Russell Westbrook get some little more work there. I know they still have Paul George, um, but yeah. I like that's why I like there, and then I have Kevin Porter going to to Boston with number twenty two. Uh, give me just a second. I'm having trouble finding Porter. 
There's porters, but I'm porter G. Mess up somehow? I did. They have him listed as a Ford on here. Hmm. Yeah. And I went to guards. But anyway, Kevin Porter Jr. is who I haven't taken here. Yeah. Because I don't want to see them. I don't want to see him going to Oklahoma City. <laughs> Oklahoma City. A bad place, on my opinion. All right. So you have him going. So who do you have Oklahoma City taking? I just told you I got I got Cam Johnson going there. I got Lucas Samanich. Okay. Uh, All they right. need a big man. They kind of just like reaching at this point, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And they take the foreign big man here because they see some promise, but they don't really know what he was at that level. They don't know if he's going to produce at the next level, but yeah. they need a big man. And I think Luca is the guy here because he's a stretch four. Uh, I think he's going to be interesting to see. He's So here's the thing is with these kids who play pro since they're like 14 and 13 years old, it's really hard to see how they're going to be on our pro level. But yep. so Kevin Porter Jr. at twenty. Sorry, I just now got that taken care of. That gives you any idea how much trouble I was having. Uh, then I had Luca at twenty-one. Who did you have? Okay. You had you had uh, Kevin Porter I had Jr. Cam. at twenty. I had Cam. Yeah, yeah. I have Cam at twenty-one to OKC. So yeah, Luca. I don't even have in my first round. He's uh, actually my. He's actually my first off the board. Uh, it was the guy I was going to bring up at some point, but we'll talk about him now. I think there's two more power forwards left on this uh, on this board that, in my opinion, have a little more upside than him. However, if OKC decides to get a power forward, I can see him sneaking in uh, towards the bottom of the draft, maybe around Golden State area. Yeah, that's another thing, too. I could see that. So let's go with uh, – so you had, had Cam Johnson here. I had Cam yep. Johnson fall into 28. Okay. And uh, everybody in Golden State being really happy that Cam Johnson fell to 48. That's what I had. Really nice. Or 28, not 48. 28. If he fell 48, I'm sorry. Uh, I might have just, might have just cursed you <laughs> if you fall. To, if you fall to 48, you can come to tell me I cursed you. All right. But I well, don't I think had, you do. I had Kevin Porter Jr. going 22 to the Celtics. You obviously took him two picks before me because you just like to blow up my Celtics picks. So yep. why don't you tell me who you have at 22? Uh, give me just a second. I'm getting Cam Johnson on the board for 21. Okay, for 22, I actually had them going in a whole other position. I had them going Daniel Gafford out of Arizona. Okay. I think Gafford's a good pick for this team. I think they try to get another big man in there because if Goga doesn't work. or Okay, so here's the other thing with foreigns, uh, foreign players, is they could very well say, I don't want to go to that team. I'm going to re-sign with my pro team over here. Sorry, guys. Have a good one. So yep. I think they go with uh, I think they go with Daniel Gafford here, and it's not because they think they see a huge upside on the kid. I think it's because they are trying to get center and power forward by committee. So I had Daniel Gafford going here for the simple fact I want them to be able to have multiple big men on there and, and trying to push Al Horford out. Who did yep. you, and, and, and I don't and have had Gafford. Kevin Porter Jr. That's right. I don't even have Gafford in my first round. That's two picks in a row that we don't agree on. Uh, and two Gafford. picks that you said you have in the second round, too, which is interesting. Yeah, I have Luca just coming out of it. But I can see Luca coming in. Gafford's one of those guys that I just I just can't see him sneaking in the first round. If he does, that would be a surprise to me. I think there's another center on the board, um, in my opinion, that's a little better. Um, I still have Bruno Fernando still on the board, who you took earlier. I do so. have Bruno Fernando still on the board because we didn't take him. So that's who they would take here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My head is just gone because I had Bruno well, I Fernando also... off my board, so I was going off my board over here, and I forgot to – Bruno Fernando is still available. So on my board, I would take Bruno Fernando here, but if he was not available, Daniel Gafford, who I think they 
Okay. I mean, Bruno I still... Fernando is who's this pick, in my opinion. Okay. That sounds good. All right. I forgot so, he was uh, still on the board. So next we go with 23, and that's the Utah Jazz. Um, okay. I think I think Utah is one of those teams that is very underrated. They're, I think they could easily be a team that battles in the West, especially since Golden State has a lot of injuries. Obviously, we just found out the Lakers adding AD, so that will be some um, interesting battles between them. But I can totally see Utah being uh, a third or a fourth seed, or it might even be higher. They might even be a second seed, especially since, you know, Houston's blowing it up. Golden State's injured. We don't really know what to expect of the Lakers. They were a 10th seed last year. They added AD. Sure, they'll be a playoff team, but we don't know how well they'll hold out in the regular season based on just injuries. Who knows how many games LeBron will play, if Anthony Davis will play. So I can see Utah team being, um, I don't I don't know if I want to say contender, but definitely uh, someone who could get at least the second round of the Western the Western Conference playoffs. So I have them taking uh, Grant Williams out of Tennessee, power forward. I think this is just a nice uh, position play for them. Uh, I don't think they need anything really um, to, to add to it. So I think this is just a good guy that can help get reliable minutes off the bench. Okay. And then see, I actually had them taking KZ Akpala out of uh, Stanford here. Mm-hmm. I thought he kind of fits what they do. He's more of a big man than they give him credit for. They list him as a guard on air, but he's actually more of a small forward, which would fit in yeah, right with his system. Forward. Yeah, and I think he would fit in right with right well with this system around Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, that young core. So that's actually who I had them go on. But you had out of Tennessee. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Skype, what are you doing to us today? We'll see if we pick him back up. If not, I'm going to have to just call him back. Can you hear me? All right, back. Yeah. Okay, so you had who out of right. Tennessee? I'm sorry. <laughs> I went to tell, ask you Grant and then cut off. Grant, Grant Williams, Williams out, out of Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay, that's what I thought you said. Yeah, we might we might want to finish this a little quicker because we look like we're having some connection problems. We might well, want to just finish the, off these couple bits. Here's the thing is we've been having it the whole time, and it's just, so, just weird when it's happening because it's just like uh, – Little spike, like little spikes of it. We've never had that before with this. No. Which means we might have to find another way to do this for next week's episode. All right, so. I'm rolling down to next Grant Williams. Bill- okay, well, while you're doing that, I'll talk about the 76ers. Okay. Sixers is definitely a team that I think they need a guard. I think we were talking about that earlier. You know, probably going to lose Reddick. I think that might be a player that the Lakers go and chase after because he's not a lot of money. Lakers don't have a lot, and that could help them. Because uh, Lakers are going to need some shooters, especially behind the arc. Um, so I, I see that maybe being a, a change in their in the Sixers system. And in that case, they're going to need to get a shooting guard. So I have the 76ers taking Ty Jerome here, shooting guard out of Virginia. Okay. I, I like this player. I think he's a good shooter. I think he's a fantastic defender. I think he'll fit into this process. And who knows if Philadelphia is going to blow it up? Because, I mean, we, we might lose, probably, most likely going to lose Jimmy Butler. Probably going to lose uh, J.J. Redick. So... A team that was one shot away from, you know, after a buzzer beater shot could easily be talking about today, Philadelphia 76ers being NBA Finals champions, but we're not. And now we're uh, blowing it up. So it's definitely a crazy situation in Philadelphia, but I have them taking a shooting guard. Quick hot take on what you just said. Do you think that team coming out of Philadelphia would be good enough to take on the Warriors team like that Toronto team did? Yeah, absolutely, especially if Embiid got healthy because it was just a sickness. 
that was hurting him in that finals. I think he would have got better. I think that would have benefited him. I think Philadelphia would have been able to take Golden State over. Um, if you were, if the same scenarios happened, if if KD got hurt, didn't only played 12 minutes, if Klay Thompson couldn't play because he was hurt, uh, yes, I, I do think that would happen. Okay. I think almost, I think a team, I think a couple teams in the East, Philadelphia, I think Milwaukee, and I think Toronto, I think all three of those teams could have beat the Golden State team that was that was hurting like that. It's it's just so much. But if but if Golden State was healthy, they could have, they would have beat all. I was three gonna say because we're talking about maybe in a whole different kind of way yeah. too. Because we know KD is not going to be back, but we still have a healthy yeah, Steph Clay Curry Thompson. and Clay Thompson at that yeah. point. Absolutely. And I I wanted to say Steph Curry because a lot of people think that he was okay during that. He was hurting that entire all that entire. Uh, that entire finals, you could see he was out there hurting. He wasn't feeling the best. You could see his, he was limping a little bit, and I'm telling you he was hurt. And that's where it was kind of interesting to me. But you yep. have uh, or you have Ty Jerome going here. I'm trying to get down to him real quick because we know how this system yep. is so much fun for me. Yeah. Well, while you're doing that, yeah, I like Ty Jerome. But talking about the Warriors there, yeah, I definitely think they could have beat any any team if they were healthy. Uh, that's a reason why they probably still want to bring back. Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, even though they might be out for next season, I think they're going to do whatever they can. They give them, even if they got to give them both the max deals. Um, yeah, I do. I, I see that happening. Um, if if they can manage it, I think Clay Thompson's sticking in Golden State. Kevin Durant's the biggest question you have here. Uh, they had Kevin Durant was just talking in New York after surgery to Kyrie Irving about talks about where they're going to land in free agency. So who knows? Maybe you'll see them both in Brooklyn. Or both in New York. I think they're leaning more towards Brooklyn, the Kyrie story. I think it's Brooklyn because of the Kyrie Mm -hmm. story. Yep. All right, so you got Jerome in. You ready to move on? I do. We're at 25 now, and we're going to disagree here. Yep, Portland Trailblazers. You had my guy already come off the board. I got KZ Acapola. Absolutely. And I have, uh, like you said, shooting forward out of Stanford. Uh, This is another guy that just fits the system. Um, When you get to these, you know, playoff, high playoff teams, I think they can – um, they don't really need to find starters right off the bat, although they do find some reliable guys with minutes. You see this with the Golden State squad. And, I mean, you see with Toronto squad, too. I mean, Toronto squad didn't have a single lottery pick on there, and they won the championship. It's really impressive. So these picks are a little more important than people think. But, yeah, I have Acapola here going to Portland. So I had Acapola off the board already. So the mm-hmm. interesting pick here I had, and we're going to talk about him for just a minute, mm-hmm. I actually had Darius Baisley here going. Mm-hmm. And if a lot of people aren't familiar with that name, it's because Darius Baisley did not play last year at all. Um, Darius Baisley actually was signed to New Balance last year. And the reason was is he was actually working with working in the offseason with them. And that's where he was all year. So he actually is coming out of high school, but he's been signed with a com- company for one year. Yep. So that's who I had going here. Because before this season, had he went to college... We're talking about a top 10 pick here. Mm-hmm. This kid was a top 10 pick. He was such a big story that if you go look up Darius Baisley right now, the first thing that's going to pop up is when he went on ESPN to talk about how he was going to be the first player ever to sign a contract with a shoe company coming straight out of high school and work for the shoe company straight out of high school. It was one of the most profound stories anybody had heard, and it was something we weren't used to yet. So that's who mm-hmm. I had actually taken there. But now that we have him, I think he. So we're at 26 now with the Cleveland Cavaliers again. Yep. Yep. And on my board, I had him taking Charles Basie out of Western Kentucky. I really like Charles Basie. 
I think okay. he's one of those kids that I, he's going to be athletic. I, that's, uh, I mean, the best way I could word him is one of those athletic finishers that's just going to keep moving. And I think that's what he is. He also was decent on defense, but he didn't really do the best for the... Uh, he didn't really rebound for... Or he did do good rebound. I'm sorry. He didn't do good against the threes, and he has a really, really thin frame. I see him as uh, possibly, and I, so all my ceilings are going to be high ceilings, and all my floors are going to be low floors here. So my ceiling on this kid was LaMarcus Aldridge coming out. My floor was Sam Bowie, where he could get hurt pretty quickly and just be a mediocre, middle-of-the-road kind of guy. So that's where I had him at. Okay. So that's where I actually had them going. But with that being said, if Darius Baisley falls to the Cavaliers at 26... I think any kid, any team that takes Baisley is going to take a big chance, but there's a big reward if he's who they think he was before the season. So I'd honestly have Baisley go here at 26 and just blow up everybody's boards all at once. <laughs> all right, yeah. I mean, Baisley, I see him being a player that is going to benefit whoever, wherever that he goes. I have him going probably, I would say, um, I've done mock drafts in the second round just you know messing around, and he, he sits there as my you know second or third pick, usually to a team like... Um, I, I don't even know. I would say probably Cle- Cleveland in the second round, or maybe Phoenix later on. But I don't, I don't see them. I don't see him going in this first round just for the fact that there's a big risk in these teams. That's true. I mean, later on, these championship teams are able to take risks, but I don't think Cleveland is ready to take a risk well, yet. The reason I had Cleveland taking him here is because of the championship teams being able to take that risk. I yeah. think they want to take that possible reward instead of letting one of these already eaten teams get better. Because yeah, what you got coming on next is the Nets, who might be, who are supposed to be getting KD and Kyrie, if what we're saying is correct, mm-hmm. and then you got the Golden State Warriors, and then uh, who is it? The Spurs again, which is going to be the Spurs are always the Spurs. Let's be honest. And then mm-hmm. the Bucks. I don't think you want Terrius Baisley falling to any of those teams because Baisley's such a possible high side, upside with this game. Yep. That's why I had him going where I had him. Going. Right. So we're at 27 to the Nets. Baisley just goes to Cleveland here, okay. uh, which I actually keep Charles Basie off the board there. I give this big hype about Basie, about how I had him going there, and then I have him going somewhere else because Baisley falls to him. Okay. Because I actually so, had, I had Baisley going to Portland because I thought that fits in perfect, like what we were just saying. Uh, Portland's one of those teams that looks like a championship contender. You throw somebody like that on there, and if he's half of what you think he is, he's good for you. All right. So but who do you if, have Brooklyn sitting at 27? 27. Well, we've blown everything up. So, like, I still have people on my board that are available. Like, I have Daniel Gafford. So I had him go. Um, I had a lot of people going already. But the guy I actually have going here, the guy, he looks like he could be really, really good defensively. But he also played in a zone system in def- defensively in college and through Washington. And the guy I'm talking about here is Matisse Tybul out okay. of Washington. Um, I believe he averaged 3.3 steals and 2.7 blocks. I'm spitballing the numbers here, but I believe I'm pretty close with those. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really good defensively for his size. Uh, but again, he played in a zone defense, so he was able to go ahead and like move a little bit more. But at 27, we're taking kids for one thing or another. We're not taking them for overall greatness. So a kid like this, I think at 27 is a steal because the the, the guy I had is the the main. I didn't have a floor and ceiling. I told you floors and ceilings for all these other players, right? Like uh, Kobe White, I didn't tell you about his. I said he could have been Dame 
Damian Lillard or he could be Ty Lawson, right? But these all these Batiste Ty Bull, I got one guy. Only one guy shows up, and it's not a floor, it's not a ceiling, it's who I think it is. I think it's Tony Allen. I think this is the reincarnation of Tony Allen, and any <laughs> team who gets him is gonna be happy to get him. I said reincarnation like Tony Allen did. He's not. He's just getting older. <laughs> all right. Well, I have uh I have um Lugetz Dort, Dort here, the shooting guard out of Arizona State. I have him going at uh, 27 to Brooklyn. Uh, I know that they're thinking about adding KD and Kyrie, but I think another guard um, is where they go for a pick, especially if you know, you know you're not going to have Durant and you can build around um, more players. And who knows what's going to happen with Russell. Uh, and if they keep Russell, at least they have a shooting guard and they, they don't go after Kyrie. Who knows what happens? I don't think if they – we both have they, them going after a guard here. You just have them going yeah. after an offensive guard. I have them going after a defensive guard. Yeah. I guess yep. would be the best way to word that. And I like Ty Bull. I really do. I have him going. He's my 30th pick. I have him going to Milwaukee. So I see that absolutely happening. Ty Bull getting drafted in the first round. So, okay. okay. So let's take Dort here. Let me go find okay. him because he'll be easy, hopefully. All right. And while right. you do that, we'll talk we'll about talk Golden about State Warriors. Yeah. Yep. And I think Golden State is going to be a guy that. Um, they go after either to replace the Cousins build, because I think Cousins is going to be gone uh, after watching his press conference. I think they knew that financially it's probably not going to work out. He's probably going to go somewhere else. Uh, I don't think they go and look after a KD or a Clay Thompson spot area. I think they still look towards the future. Uh, so I think they go towards power forward, big guy here. And I got them taking Eric Paschel, uh, power forward, out of Villanova. And I like this position player. I think he's a good fit for this Warriors system. So I had them cam take Cam Johnson. You blew my board okay. up way earlier with yeah. Cam Johnson going off the board. Yeah, I don't think he drops that low. And the only reason I had them taking Cam Johnson, and uh, I'm like looking, not a lot of good cards left behind Cam. Um, mm -hmm. I had them taking him because they were needing something. Because you know that with that in, uh, Clay Thompson's not going to be healthy till probably April. Probably yeah. April. AD is not going to be healthy till probably April. So that's yes. where I had them going here. And that's kind of, you know, and that's even if, if KD stays with the team, because there's, like he said, there's a lot of rumors KD doesn't stay, which yeah. I, I don't know. I think that the way that that happened is like the best thing that could have happened for this team. And I have a reason why I think that because they got injured, they're going to be able to afford everybody and be able to, they could give KD the max and then still tell Clay, well, we're not able to give you the max because what if you get hurt again? How are you going to come off of your injury? And people may be like, well, you're just talking crazy here. This is what happens in the NBA. When you go up for your, uh, when you go up for your contract extension, it's not about what your stats were. It's not, they don't, it's not, they don't care about the stats. What they're going to show you every time they come up and for that is they're going to show you, well, you were injured here, so we had to have so-and-so come in for this many games. Yeah, that's true. So what true. if that happens again? So we're going to have to take some of that money off to pay somebody else that will be your backup. And that's, that's a true. weird way however, to look at it. However, if if they say that to Clay Thompson, they say, hey, we're not going to give you the max, which I think there's no way Golden State allows that to happen. I think Clay Thompson stays a warrior for life, and they're going to give him the max. But if they did that, Another team will give him the max, and Clay Thompson will go. Somebody's going to give Clay Thompson the think, max deal. I don't think Clay Thompson wants. I think he, they were Steph Curry and have fun. Yeah, 
That's true, and, but I don't uh, think Steph you take Curry, a pay cut from a team like Steph that. Curry took a pay cut down to $12 million a year from this team, and they yeah. were just coming off the cusp of being a really good team, but he got injured, and they said, hey, you were injured. What are we going to do with you? We don't know what we're going to do with you. We're going to have to give you this much money a year. So if they're willing to take pay cuts to keep a winning team in order also, because you got to think about that. Do you want to take a I pay think- cut to be on a winning team, or do you want to go make more money on a losing team? I don't think they. I don't think they do that to Clay Thompson. I think he was already already getting shade for not making the all uh, all NBA team, not even third team, so he wasn't eligible for super max, which is good for Golden State uh, for the money wise. But I think he gets the max deal. I don't think they'll do that to Clay Thompson after what he did. I think they'll do it um, this one time and tell him they'll give him a max the next time because they want to keep KD uh, in town. I think I'm they'll give like, him I'm that offer. Saying, I'm gonna say no. I, I'm gonna disagree with you, but. Um, but we'll see. But I, I don't think that happens. So, all right. So, we got uh, Golden State. You had Johnson. I had Pascal. Uh, so, now I move to San Antonio at 29. We're almost finished here. Um, and you already took my guy off the board, but I had them taking their big guy. And I had him going with, with them, Bruno Fernando here, the center out of Maryland. I thought that was a great pick. Like we said, Aldridge, we don't know how much longer he's going to be playing on the Spurs team and how long he's still going to be um, you know, a solid player. He's definitely on his decline, so Fernando steps in here for the Spurs' second pick of the first round. Yeah, I had uh, Fiondo Cabanelli out of Florida State going here. He's okay. a really good kid in college. He was a defensive kid, and he kind of fits that Greg Popovich scheme to me where mm-hmm. he's a defensive-minded player, and he would fit in well with this team. So that's actually who I had them going here. He may be a little bit – I don't know where you have him on your board, but I have uh, Cabanelli going here out of uh, Florida State. I think he's – I think he's actually who they would really like to have in San Antonio. I think he'd be ideal for what they do. So that's where I have them going here. I have Kevin Gelly coming off my board a little earlier. We must have missed talking about him. Um, And that's the one to Cleveland. I had him going to 26 to Cleveland. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. We must have missed it when we were talking about Basie, but yeah. Yeah, I have him going there. And then I have Fernando going at 29. Uh, if, If Obviously, I think if. It was between the two of them, between Fernando and Kem Gelly. I think I think uh, Spurs would go ahead and get the Florida State product before they get the Maryland product. That's just my opinion. And so see, I actually then, had Bruno in another position too. So yeah. in my board, that they're like they're getting the guy they want here because I think Bruno is already off the board here. Okay. Yeah. All right. So last pick of the first round. Um, you already took my guy off the board. I had Matisse uh, Tybull going to the Milwaukee Bucks. If that happens, that'd be fantastic for. Giannis and the Bucks squad, um, but you have them taken early. So who do you have uh, finishing off this first round? I have Shuma Okiki. Okay. All um, right. The reason is that kid was really, really good before he tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a team that could wait on him and let him be that kid in the future. And the reason I think they take him here is so he doesn't get taken by another one of these teams in the beginning of the second round. I think they want that kid on their roster. So that's actually who I had them taking here. I had them taking Chuma Okiki out of uh, out of Auburn. I had to look at them at school. And the reason I... Uh, that kid also... I don't know if you watched that Auburn team a lot this year. I, I didn't get a big chance, and I kind of feel bad for that. That team really actually, when he went down, really rallied around him and tried to make the biggest run possible after he went down. In honor of him going, because he was the leader of that team, because he was the heart and soul of that team. Mm-hmm. So I think Okiki here would be a great pick for Buff or for Miami. 
Well, one of those times I'm going to get it out. I said <laughs> Buffalo and Miami because I was trying to say the Bucks. And, and anyway, you're reading my head. <laughs> All yeah. right, yes, yeah, so there's our first round. I think it's I think it's a good first round. Hopefully, we get a little bit right. Hopefully, we're over 50 percent when we talk about it. Um, during our live stream on Thursday during the first round. I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be pretty fun. Um, I do want to talk about three more guys real quick that I think are going to be guys to watch out in the second round. And if you want to give me three that you haven't talked about, it's up to you. Um, But I like um, three of these guys that I think could be really valid contributors, and I think they get drafted here in the second round. They could sneak up to the late first, but – in my mock, I don't have them going. Um, the guy that I think that could sneak up in the first round, and it's one of these big guys who could sneak into one of these center positions, and that's Nick Claxton out of Georgia. I think okay. this guy is. I think this guy is definitely a player that can sneak in and and be a, a fantastic five, maybe even a four. He's he's a great basketball player and will give some reliable minutes if he goes to a championship contender. And I think that he could uh, probably do the same if he goes even to. A non-contender either. I think that's why he stays in the second round. And then I like to talk about Admiral Schofield uh, out of Tennessee. I just like the way he plays ball. Um, I think it was really fun watching him play last year. Uh, so I think that he and and he's obviously got a lot of upside in my opinion. So I can see him going in the mid-second round, probably around uh, in the 40s. So whoever picks him up, I think it will be very good, very good minutes from him. Uh, has like I said, it has a lot of upside. And then my last one I have to talk about, and it's just because it's the Virginian in me. Uh, and but I like the guy. He was fantastic throughout the NBA uh, or sorry NCAA tournament, and that's and that's Kyle Guy, uh, the guard out of Virginia. And I think this guy can also um, give you that um, kind of Van Van Fleet kind of. Um, ceiling where he comes out and really I know Van Fleet was uh, undrafted but you know have a late mid to late second round and be able to actually make the team and benefit come off and be that second guard or yeah second point guard from from a team and be able to give valuable minutes somebody right off the bat as a young guy um, while the star is resting if you can go to a championship team uh, man that'd be fantastic if you can go to like a Golden State or a Toronto or someone like that that doesn't need a starting point guard, but needs uh, but needs some some depth, which I don't think Toronto needs depth, so I shouldn't talk about that. But yeah, absolutely, those are the three that I like. Okay, I'll talk about a couple guys real quick. Got to actually look one of the names up. So sorry for that. Uh, so I want to talk about first off. I want to talk about Jordan Nora. I don't know if you did much, uh, if you've seen much of him, but Jordan Nora actually looked really good this year. Uh, he could shoot the three really decent for his size. He was really athletic. Um, the The big thing was I didn't know if he could be consistently consistent on offense or defense. So I think he mm-hmm. could be come in and be a really good, I want to say, seventh or eighth man. I don't want to say a sixth man, but he could be a good seventh or eighth man for somebody. And what I really seen out of Jordan Noir when I saw him play was a Derrick Williams type player where he had that athleticism. But George, uh, Derek Williams, when he was picked, it was take, uh, was expected to be like this uh, star, and he was not. Uh, another one I want to talk about is obviously, uh, and you're going to laugh again, is Taco Fall, and I don't care because this kid, I'm telling you, when he comes out this year, they're gonna he's going to be somebody that a lot of teams are going to go after, and a lot of teams are going to try to get him in because they're going to want him in. So and does then, he get drafted? Does he get yes. drafted or does he fall out? Okay. No, he drafts. He drafts, okay. and he All probably right. drafts early second round, not middle of the second round. Probably early okay. second round here is what I'm talking. And then the third guy, I'm trying to look for his names right now. I believe his name is Quentin Grimes. I don't believe I got the last name right. Out of Kentucky. 
-hmm. He was actually the third one out of that Kentucky team. And if he falls out of the first round, I believe Quentin, no, Grimes is not the right name. Oh, what is it? That's going to bug me. Uh, (laughs) But Quentin, yeah. So he's the one I really think of as the third one off the board. Why can I find his name? I go to look for him right here at the end. Okay, anyway, that's who I had for my three. Uh, Another one that I could say would be a Nazir Little. Um, We could also talk about Jonte Porter. Um, These are kids who are going to get drafted, who are going to be big men, who are going to come into a team later on. Yeah, Jonte Porter's going to be good. Yeah, Yeah. Jonte Porter. That Porter team plays ball. I think Michael Porter Jr. might be the rookie of the year this year, but that's a story for another day. Um, There's just a lot of kids. Uh, There was a kid, Mm -hmm. Jalen Hands. I don't even know. He might go back to UCLA because his stock draft is falling so far. But Jalen Hands, when he was in high school, was a really good prospect, and then at UCLA didn't look so great because. And I'm gonna, I'm not gonna try to blame it on anybody, but when Sharif O'Neal, who is your five-star prospect coming out, and your your idea is this is my running man on the floor, and then he has the most unfortunate heart uh, heart circumstances come up where he's no longer able to play. I think that that's, I think that had a big aspect on what he was doing. And I think that kid could actually be a good player in the in the NBA whenever he gets there. But there's a yep. lot of them. There's a lot of these kids Absolutely. that this year in the uh, NCAA was such a tremendous year that I think kids are getting overlooked. And a lot of these uh, a lot of these scouts are saying this is a oh, this is a three person draft and everybody else is second tier and then third tier from there. No, there are a lot of kids in this year's draft who are going to contribute to an NBA team for the next five to seven years, and you can bank on that statement because I guarantee you in five to seven years we're going to remember names like Cam Johnson, Bruno Fernando, uh, Fiondu Kambile, or I can't even say his name, Chumo Kiki. Uh, we're going to hear these names again because these aren't going to be these top-tier names, but these are going to be your Torian Princes of today, your DeAndre Memories of today, your middle-of-the-tier, uh, your middle-of-the-road players that are, that are contributing to your favorite team. These are going to be these players, and a lot of these players aren't going to miss out like a lot of these drafts have missed out in the past. Because a lot of these drafts, the you get the lottery, and then the bottom 30, you're gone. You're yep. gone. You're in the you're in the D League. But I don't yep. think a lot of these kids are going to the D League. I think a lot of these kids are going to produce on the next level. So that's what all I wanted to really say on that is a lot of people are saying this is a small, short, not great draft. I think this is the exact opposite of that. I think this is going to be a very contributing draft for years to come. And I think a lot of these yep. kids you're going to remember and a lot of these kids are going to be not great players, but they're going to be that guy that who yep. He puts up seven points a game, ten points a game, plays defense, and you know his name and you cheer for him when you see him. But All right. Well, we'll see more what happens when the draft day comes, which is right around the corner. It's Thursday. We'll see if uh, we'll see if we did a pretty good job on our draft boards. We'll see if these guys that we talked about at the late get drafted. We'll see if Taco Fall gets drafted. I'll tell you what, I can't wait if this guy gets on a team, which no matter what he'll get on a team draft or not, I'm excited to see this guy in Summer League. That's really what I'm really excited about. Um, but, yeah, we'll, I'm looking forward to it. So be, definitely come and join us on Thursday as we live stream the NBA draft, the first round. We're going to sit back. We're going to talk about our picks. If our draft board gets busted up, we're going to have to have some debates during the uh, while the teams are on the clock and figuring it out. I think it's going to be a good time. We'd love to hear your comments while we're live streaming it as well, too. We'll definitely be listening and looking at our comments on our on our YouTube page and on our Twitter page at Tough Talk Pod. Um, 
feel free to hit up our polls. We had a lot of polls this week. Uh, thanks for all your support. Thanks for all our followers so far. We definitely made a lot of improvement during the NBA Finals and over the last few days. Uh, so thank you very much for that. Um, Derek, looking forward to Thursday. It's going to be a, a great special. But what do we got going on Sunday? You know what our episode for Sunday is yet? Uh, well, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about that. But I was right. thinking, since we went north, let's go okay. south. All right. We'll go AFC, NFC, South predictions. Yeah, all and right. And we'll see what we think about that. Mm-hmm. And real quick... I want to talk about something. All right. And I've already kind of told you about this, and I've already went on my little rant to you about it. So let me take a drink real quick before I go on my rant about what I have to say. Oh, okay. All right. Patrick Beverly. (laughs) You called out Katie for being a snake when he went to the Golden State Warriors. You said how that was a bad move and how it ruined the NBA. After facing KD in the playoffs this year, you gave KD credit on on Twitter. So let's go ahead and talk about what else we say on Twitter. Shall we, Pat Bev? Shall we talk about how you say you love LA so much and that you were Clippers loyal? Um, or should we talk about how you say, well, you're from Chicago, so you bleed Chicago? Or could we even talk about how you said, well, I know we left Houston on not the best of terms, but I could see myself being back in Houston again. I mean, what's next? Are you going to tell me because you like a Philly cheesesteak, you could see yourself being a 76er? Or could you tell me because you thought that the Wolves are the most dominant thing in in nature that you want to go play with the Carl Anthony Towns? Or maybe you like Miami for a, a Florida spot to just go vacation at, so you really want to go play with the Heat. Maybe you hired a magician for your son's third birthday, so you want to go play for the Orlando Magic. Maybe you think that Wizards are real, so you want to go play with John Wall in Washington. I mean, where are we going with this, Pat Bev? You have sat here and told me that you have (laughs) such a thing with KD on what he did, but you were sitting there pretty much deriding every single freaking team out there right now. I'm waiting for you to tell me that you want to go to space so you can see yourself going back to Houston because they got rockets in Houston. I mean, just tell me, where are you going? And quit being this guy who's going to give somebody else so much stuff for ruining the league when you're over here talking about how you could go to any team. You kind of reminded me of a website called Backpage.com that got taken down because you're kind of whoring yourself out right now, Pat Bev. So can we please do myself, please do everybody a favor and figure out where you're signing this season and get this over with, please and thank you. Okay, so we're doing the draft this Thursday. <laughs> you good? You done? I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry, but when he says that somebody is ruining the league and then goes around and says how he can see himself with every single hey, team in the league, you know, you know on, what that man. was? You know what that was? That was tough talk. That's what that was. All right, fantastic. That was tough talk. Yeah. So. Thanks for that. I like the cold hard facts. That's the truth. The cold hard truth, I should say. That's some tough talk. If you like that or if you got anything more to say, go ahead and shoot us up at Tough Talk Pod. Go ahead and use hashtag Tough Talk. I'd love to hear what you guys got to think about Pat Beverly. Um, Definitely hit up Derek and let him know what you think about that because that was fantastic. Uh, Let's hopefully get some more rants from Dylan or Derek, sorry. Uh, moron, you got me messing up so much here. I wasn't, here, I wasn't ready for wait that. Wait till rant. I'm drinking on Thursday, oh, and then man. I'll be ranting yeah, so for sure. <laughs> we'll be taking back some few drinks on Thursday, like you said. So, yeah, fantastic. So, thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, looking forward to Thursday, NBA draft, and uh, we'll see you soon. Take it easy.